Ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of In the Round with Andrew Taylor and Lee. We are here today. It has been a little while since we've been back, but uh, you know what? This is a very special episode today, so we had to take our time and make sure that this stuff and the production was absolutely perfect. Uh, I, uh, I've been in the radio a long time, so I'm a stickler for this kind of stuff, and I wanted to make sure the show was absolutely great because I am such a huge fan. We will get into that here very shortly. But right now, I'd like to introduce the former tax advisor to Richard M. Nixon, Lee Tonin. Lee, how you doing today? Invest in corn, and I don't mean on the cob. I mean in futures. That's what I always old, told old Tricky Dick over there. Yeah. Unfortunately, he never listened to me. The kid from Whittier. You know. But uh, how you been, man? How's everything going? Man, I've missed being in the studio. We, we, we've been off a couple weeks due to, to production stuff, and then I think a little bit of just... Uh, Taking a break and getting ready for this show that we're doing today. We had other stuff to do, too, traveling and everything. So we got, you know. Man of the world. Life stuff. Yeah. it's uh, You know, when they, when they, whenever somebody asks me about show business and they're like, hey, you got any advice for anybody that wants to get into show business? You know what my first thing is? Uh, Don't. Uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. What was that? What's that old saying? How to be, how to get rich in the music business. You know. Practice, practice, strike oil. Yep. Exactly. The problem is, is like. Being in, in entertain the entertainment industry in general is uh, you're kind of there is no nine to five really you're on all the time it is what it is like you yeah. have to do stuff all the time there's no there's no real downtime so when we do get a chance to take a break it is is much needed it's always fun to hang out man especially with you yep so you know it's it's uh, I hope everybody's doing good out there man. Um, you know, the U.S. just went through an election. We won't dive into that because this isn't that uh, platform for that. So. We don't want to get kicked off social media. That, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're out there policing pretty hard on stuff. So whatever. Anyways. Hey, congratulations to the new president and good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So leave uh, it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we are going to do a special spotlight episode, and we've done these in the past before. Our last one was for Eddie Van Halen. Uh, I like these. You know? Yeah, so these are always cool because we get to focus on a certain yeah. person's career, an artist, a band, whatever it and, may and be. You always learn something that you didn't know about the, yeah, the we, person. Yeah, we really try to grab stuff that isn't going to be like the normal stuff that you would hear a in a obscure. typical. Yeah, yeah, we try to really obscure. dig deep, and, and we don't really bring up negative stuff, you know, no. about their What's the point? lives. Yeah, and everybody knows that stuff, yeah. so there's, there's no it, need for that. I I believe if you already have an opinion formed on somebody, a couple monkeys with microphones isn't going to change your outlook exactly. on this. Abso- I agree. Absolutely. So, uh, But before we do all that, before we really get started into today's show, we're going to pause for a little music break here real quick, and we'll be right back. So stay tuned, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back from that little uh, music break there. Try to break the show up a little bit here for you, but uh, let's get right into it, man. We have our odd news segment, and let me tell you, we have hell of a stories today, man. These are crazy. I'm looking forward to this. The first headline reads, and this happened on January 22nd. So this is two days ago. This happened in Chicago. Headline reads, airplane wheel crashes down in Chicago neighborhood. Authorities in Chicago confirmed a wheel fell off a small plane over the city and landed in the front yard of a resident's home. The Chicago Department of Aviation said a single-engine a single-engine PC-12 plane was noticed shooting off sparks as it landed Thursday evening at O'Hare International Airport. We've been there. Uh-huh. 
Recently. Uh, after it safely came to a stop, officials noticed the landing gear assembly from the left side of the aircraft was completely gone. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so that's pretty serious shit, man. I mean, that could I wonder that could if they really knew it was stuff. missing. They must not have because the airport would have been. I bet the, the pilots probably didn't know it was missing. Yeah, probably not. So they couldn't report it if they didn't know. Yeah. So quick, quick thinking on the pilot's part to, to keep. Think how hard it'd be to control that plane yeah. with missing one of, one of the one of the tripods. They landed yeah. safely, yeah. So, I mean, and nobody got. It sounded like nobody got hurt, so. Police, meanwhile, responded to a Jefferson Park neighborhood on reports of an airplane landing gear having fallen on the residential area. Neighbors said the wheel made a loud noise as it crashed to the ground in a resident's front yard between a house and another home. Nobody was injured by the wheel, and there was no reports of significant property damage. Well, that's good, because that could have been tragic had it landed on a car side or something. You ever see those videos, like, on YouTube or what's that called, Chive? Yeah. Where, like, the guy's at the gas pump, and then all of a sudden a big truck tire comes blazing by him or something. That that, that, your ticket was pulled that day, man. You know what I mean? Like, if, if, yeah. That's why you should always be aware of your surroundings. Always, always, for that kind of reason. That's true. Just, yeah, you should always stay vigilant. It's hard to, you know, with this day and age— you, you know, you, you get tied up with other stuff. But. Or, do you know, doing stuff, yeah. Absolutely. And who the hell's expecting an airplane tire to fall out happen, of the sky? It could happen, man. It could happen. Uh, the FAA and the National Transportation Safety Board said they have opened an active investigation into the incident. So, obviously, and they do a pretty thorough job on these things. I mean, we, amazing, watch, yeah. we watch air disasters quite often. They figure out basically what exactly happened. Down man. to the T. And well, so they'll 99% of the time they can. They still ain't found that one that landed in, in the ocean yet. Yeah, you know, that seems a little <laughs> shady if you ask me, but what do I know? I'm just a guy with a microphone. So, um, here we go. Next one. You you like to ride motorcycles and street I, bikes. I am a biker. And yes, and you used to ride dirt bikes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I wanted to get your opinion on this and how, how, how you guys perceive this and what you think of it as an idea headline reads uh inventor unveils airbag jeans to protect motorcyclists in crashes and this was about two days ago they had this story released as a designer for safety equipment for motorcyclists unveiled his latest invention jeans fitted with airbags to protect leg injuries and in crashes well, I think it's it's you know or to it, prevent, not protect. It, it, I, I mean, it's one of those. This is how protective equipment uh, is is viewed on by people who ride mo- most people who ride motorcycles. Yes. Is whenever I ride, I always put on my my crash jacket and yeah. I usually just wear jeans, but I try not to wear in shorts yeah. or flip flops, and I always wear my helmet, of course, because mostly. It's safer, correct? And I don't like the the feel of the air in my ears, okay. so that's why I like wearing a helmet. Plus, I can put my Bluetooth in my helmet, and I can hear yeah. it. And having music while you're riding is a game changer. Oh, that's, ama- that's amazing! Yeah. Coming from when you used to ride yeah. as a kid, yeah. and you didn't have any of that. Yeah, it's, it's so, in your head. And <laughs> then I can also I can also use my phone while I have my helmet on. <laughs> but um, the, that's the, the issue that you run into with this kind of stuff is that most people don't want to take the time to do that. No, absolutely. You know, so and I, but I'd like to see how they work. But I you mean, should dress for the fall too. That's man. what they say. It's called survive the slide. Yeah. So and if anybody that's ever had road uh, rash, man, it uh, is painful, man. Yeah, it's the worst. Um. So Moses Shah Rivar, who has been designing motorcycle safety jeans since partnering with Harley Davidson Sweden 16 years ago, his latest invention uses similar technology to airbag equipped vests that are currently on the market for protecting a rider's chest, back and neck in a crash. Um, only one prototype of the airbag inside Sweden AB jeans currently exists, but Moses in the process is in the process of getting the genes certified to European health and safety standards and hopes to bring them to market by 2022. Which, just so you know, I know a lot of people think that European standards are so much more extreme or better than American. In in the motorcycle safety protection equipment, that's not true. Because if you – when I took my car to go race it out at the Wild Horse Pass, yeah. my helmet has got an EU uh, safety rating on it, which in America it's called Snell. Mm-hmm. And, if it, and Snell uh, standards are a ton higher. Than, than the EU one gotcha. is. Gotcha. Another interesting story here. I've always wanted to do this just to see if it worked, but actually this is really cool. So headline reads, teen's message in a bottle travels 1,200 miles in two years. So this was on January 20th. The story goes, a message in a bottle that a Washington state teenager dropped into the ocean while sailing in the South Pacific has been found two years later floating 1,200 miles to Papua New Guinea. Oh, that's awesome. And somebody so, picked it up. Huh? Yeah. So Nikki of Battleground said she was 17 years old when she and her family were sailing in the South Pacific. On January 8th, 2019, she tossed a message in a bottle into the ocean to commemorate crossing the equator on the way to Marshall Islands. Uh-huh. That's really cool, actually. Yeah. Um, we kind of did it as a commemorative 
hey, we're crossing the equator kind of moment. And we're littering. Yeah. That's, <laughs> see, that's the thing. You don't want these environmentalists getting hold of this. You got to be careful. Uh, everybody's so touchy now, man. It's just, yeah, you got to be yeah, careful. You yeah. got you to watch out. It's a message in a bottle. So the bottle was found two years later by Stephen Amos, a ranger with the Conflict Island Comfort Conservation Initiative. I bet he wasn't happy about this. Uh, I bet he was amazed. Uh, he, That's pretty neat. He was cleaning litter from a beach on the island off of Papua New Guinea. And uh, for, oh, shit. Yeah, for it to <laughs> land here was pretty amazing because we have so many friends that work here, you know, so so many connections, so many great memories. So uh, that's that's what she said, you know, so so they know people over there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I always thought it was neat, like, you know, back in the old days where they would show a guy like on a deserted island. Yeah. And, or, you know, bottle and, float and, up. and he would throw the bottle out and, you know, but uh Kind of on the same note as this, I was talking to our good buddy Eric in Vegas a couple days ago, and I did not know this, And and, but you know those container ships that come out of, like, China that have all the the boxes Mm -hmm. on them? Yeah. Well, I don't know if people are aware of this, but they lose thousands of those every year. Yeah, they fall. They they fall fall. off. Yeah, yeah. And it's gotten so bad in the shipping lanes now that a lot of those boxes, those big giant, you know, containers, sea containers. steel, yeah. They don't sink. Some of, they them are, float? some of them they float. Get bo- they get buoyant. buoyant and oh, they my float. God. That's going to be insane. Yeah. And you've got people in these. That like do pirates? These, no, not necessarily <laughs> pirates. Uh, uh, people that are race. They have this race that goes around the world. Yeah. And these guys have these multi-million dollar speed, you know, yeah. uh, you know, uh, like sailboats. Drug you know, running boats. That, you they, know? Have to, that they have to uh, <laughs> equip now. With sonar to find them, because wow. think if you were going 50, oh, 60 that, knots and you hit that thing smack on, you're done. You would you would blow the boat up. Yeah, it would, yeah. you're done. So I mean, it is actually a big problem. So to add on to this story about the whole conservation thing, right? She comments on it and she says, as far as it getting found by a conservation group, I have to say at first I was a little guilty. I was like, oh no, I probably shouldn't have thrown a bottle in the water, but I figured it was helpful that it was glass. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know, man. <laughs> they were they didn't seem to be mad, so. Well, you know, it, I guess if you don't have 50 million people a day throwing bottles in, the oceans are big, man. So. Yeah, but, you know, I get it. We should try our best to well, not Well, yeah, I mean, some the of the stuff up. they show that's going on with the trash in the seas, it's pretty disgusting, man. Absolutely, but, you know. Hey, hey, what are you going to do? Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I didn't go to college. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is here, man. <laughs> so next story here, moving on. This is a great one, and this is hilarious because if you've ever owned a dog before any animal, this this is great, especially dogs. Um, man spends $400 to find out limping dog was imitating its owner. He was emulating the owner. Yes, huh? a British okay. man spent about $400 to have a veterinarian examine his dog's limp. But it turned out the canine was just imitating his owner, which had a broken ankle. Huh. Russell Jones of London said he noticed after his ankle was broken that his dog, Billy, was keeping one of his front paws raised while walking, you know, doing the three-legged walk. And uh, Jones posted a video to Facebook showing the dog hopping next to him as he walks with the use of crutches. Jones said he spent about $400 to have a veterinarian exam Billy and take x-rays of his apparent injured leg. But the doc said he was unable to find anything wrong with Billy. So the veterinarian told Jones his dog was imitating the way he walks with a broken ankle. And Jones said Billy had been limping since the day after his ankle injury. Well, that's you know, pretty that's, fu- yeah, I mean, yeah. that's weird. I mean, the dog's taking notice. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know what? There's so much about these animals, and I, I, I don't pretend to know a lot about animals. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, like I was, I can't remember what we were watching where the guy was saying that the, the, the animal, the dogs yeah. pick up on your vibe. You oh, know, absolutely. so if you get high, strung or absolutely. pissed off, the dog gets, you know, so totally. I, I think it's kind of, you know, I guess it could be plausible. Oh, absolutely. So. This next story here, we're going to bring it down for a moment, and we gotta we got to get a little serious here because we lost an absolute legend in the oh, broadcasting yeah. world yeah. industry, entertainment industry in general, a man that I've known my entire life on TV. Uh, probably three, three times over your That's life. That's what I mean. Well, you... <laughs> I can remember this man so far back as to when he never didn't look like an older man to me, you know, as a kid and all that. And he always, but he was a great interviewer and stuff. And of course, you sh- I'm sure you know who we're talking about. He passed away yesterday. 
Rest in paradise, Mr. Larry King. Yeah, it's a shame. The longtime CNN host who became an icon through interviews with countless newsmakers and sartorial sensibilities has died at age 87. He truly was one of the best um, interviewers there was. Absolutely. He, he did his a great interviews job. always were good. Yeah, and he you asked know? questions that were... I like Larry's style of being short and concise and t- direct with, with questions. He didn't, yeah. he didn't have these long, drawn-out yeah, shit. He, yeah. had a good, he had a good style. I mean, he was... You know, from what I've you know seen about him, what other people have said about him, mm-hmm. they said he was actually a, a pretty funny guy. Yeah, yeah, he had I, a pretty I, good sense of humor. On Conan, he I, was great. I remember being a little kid watching him and thinking, "God, this guy seems so serious all the time." Yeah. yeah, you know, but they said he was actually pretty good. Absolutely. But and, uh, the story uh, Craig Ferguson said about him farting on in yeah, the studio. Yeah, he said it was one of the things he actually did. Yeah, just to just to make people uncomfortable around. Probably. Him. Well, and he he always used to like I go back to, I go back to the his line of questioning. He said he did that intentionally because he, he short, direct um, questions always prompted true, genuine answers. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. It's it's harder for someone to to stumble around, to stumble and around, and beat try around to, yeah. the bush. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've seen some people that that actually got pretty upset, upset, yeah. or yeah, disturbed. Jerry or, Seinfeld, or, one of them. Yeah, that was a good one when he asked him about the show being canceled. Yeah, Jerry kinda, I never got canceled. And Jerry always comes across as kind of being pompous, anyways. Well, you very, know? very kind of arrogant. Yeah, he's, you know? I, and I've always thought that. I've never been. I'm going to be mean, honest can, to you right now. I've never been a big fan of Jerry Seinfeld. Or Seinfeld, but I didn't watch the show. But you know, not to knock him or the work that he's done, but. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, hats off to him. And I got to see Jerry when he was a very young comedian. Coming back into Larry King, King hosted Larry King Live on CNN for over 25 years, uh, interviewing presidential candidates, celebrities, athletes, you know, famous, anybody who was anybody, and everyday people, too, on his show. He retired in 2010 after taping more than 6,000 episodes of his show. Um, a statement was posted on his on his Facebook accounts announcing the passing. His son Chance confirmed King's death Saturday morning, Who is and he? and it, and it was stated with profound sadness. We announce the death of our co-founder, host, and friend Larry King, who passed away this morning at age eighty-seven in Los Angeles, California. Yeah, and then uh, he was also very, very married a lot. Yes, what was it? Eleven times. Oh, I don't know. It's, yeah, yeah, he married one lady twice. I know that. Yeah. I think it was 10 or 11 times. It was a lot. For 63 years um, across radio, television, and digital media, Larry's many thousands of interviews and awards and global acclaim stand as a testament to his unique I, and this, lasting talent as a broadcaster. You, you get those certain people in that mm. industry that come along, you know, and they, they will never Larry, be forgotten. Larry yeah. King, uh, Regis Walter, Philbin. Walter Conkrite. Regis Philbin, who we also lost earlier yeah. last year, you know. And, but not uh, that Geraldo guy. I showing us stuff where there's nothing there. I liked her. You know what? I've gotten <laughs> just, to like her more his chain. I like over him. the years than I did back when I was younger. But you know, we also got uh, another icon that is very sick that we probably won't have for us. You know, Rush Limbaugh. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you gotta if, whether you like the man or not. He's he's an he's, icon. He's he's had enormous success. Absolutely. Man. So no, it's, I mean, it's, I always wonder it's who, a, you it's know, who replaced these guys. It's the same with Howard Stern. When I got into radio, you know, that oh, was yeah. that was being on a rock and roll morning show. That man's the guy who paved the way for all that stuff to oh, be yeah, to be the, funny he's and stuff. One of the first shock jocks and to be that he edgy had out there, yeah. and all that. Yeah, and to I used to really love Howard's show when he was on in New York, and then at around two thousand, around the year two thousand, mm-hmm. it just took such a serious change that it was so sad. I just could never, I could never really. It's when shows get listen too, to him anymore. One thing I can say, and this is why I always took a shine to Johnny Carson and the Tonight Show, is when you can have a show and do a show and not alienate your fan base. By doing political stuff and all that, and he interviewed political people oh, yeah. and stuff, yeah, he but he never, he ne- there was never a divide, and that's how I think entertainment should be for absolutely. the most part. I think so. I think so, it should and be Larry King, Larry King too could fall into that right as well. Uh, you know, absolutely. why would you why would you pick a side and and, and publicly announce it? Yeah, you know, it, it, you know, when you're going to alienate you, half your half. The did country. you know Larry interviewed every president from Gerald Ford all the way up to Obama? Yeah, I, I, I imagine that would be true. So, I had to throw this in there. He is an absolute legend. And, uh, you know, anything you want to say before we get out of here for a break real quick? Nope, nope. Uh, rest in peace, Larry King. And like I said, Absolutely. it's, you know, it's it, these older uh, icons that are uh, passing away. You may you may want to. Get a chance to review their work or something, man. Oh, absolutely. Man. Everything's on YouTube, man. Yeah. People have well-documented it's, it's, this stuff. Because so. once the stuff is gone, as they say, you, you can't get the stuff no more, exactly. man. Exactly. Absolutely. Know? All right, folks. We're going to head off, hear a little bit of music from us. We'll be right back with the show.
welcome back, everybody. Thanks for sticking around through that short little musical break. We are going to get right into today's topic, and uh, we included the Just the Facts segment in with the Spotlight episode today, but this Just the Facts segment is all about Robin Williams, because that's who we're talking about today, is Robin Williams. It's a spotlight on Mr. him. Mr. Williams. You know? Mork. So, let's get right into the Just the Facts segment here, and I have, uh, I have uh, some really interesting stuff I pulled out here, and the first one... On September 30th, 1988, the Space Shuttle Discovery STS-26 crew started its day with a wake-up call from Robin, imitating his character from the 1987 film, Good Morning Vietnam. Good morning, Vietnam! So what what, what did he say? Uh, that's what he said. Oh, good morning, yeah. Vietnam? Yeah, and woke oh, okay. up on the space shuttle. Okay. So, what a cool that's... thing to be able to do. Like, hey, you want to wake up oh, the space absolutely. crew today? Absolutely. <laughs> what year was that? 1988. Okay. okay. That's awesome. That that was like about a year or two, or a few years, maybe a year or two after that movie, I think. Yeah. It was yeah. around there, yeah. Yeah, that's, so, neat. that's neat. That was a great movie, too. That's one of my he, favorites. He could have also used the uh, thing uh, that he did in Mork for Mork. He could have said, Nano Nano. That, we'll get to that here in a little bit, too. I got a really interesting fact about that one, but we'll get to that here in a little bit. The next fact I have here, and I remember this happening as a kid. Uh, I was about, about coming out of elementary school into middle school when this happened. Um, he formed a friendship with Coco the Gorilla. In 2001, Williams visited Coco at the Gorilla Foundation in Northern California, and the two had seemed to hit it off. Some, some way, somehow, you know, met, just trying to communicate. And uh, the caregivers had shown her one of his movies, and she recognized him immediately, knew, knew who Robin was in the movie and all that. On the day that Robin passed away, died, the foundation shared the news with Coco, and she reportedly fell into sadness. And this gorilla had just died last year, too. So it's kind of huh. kind of interesting thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's you another know. one of those animal mystery things yeah. that she got. You never right know there. what yeah. they what they're actually thinking Absolutely. on that end. You know? Well, it's hard to know what their their comprehension process is. is. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought that was really interesting. Now you just mentioned Mork, Nanny you know, Nanny. Mork and Mindy. Yeah, um, everyone knows Mork was a character that was on Happy Days originally. As as it can't few episodes, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Here yeah. and there, yeah. So, um, Robin actually wasn't producer's first choice to play Mork on Mork and Mindy. A different actor was set to play Mork for the February 1978 Happy Days episode, My Favorite Orkin, which introduced the alien character to the world. The original actor quit, and producer Gary Marshall came to the set in a panic and asked if anyone knew a funny Martian. You know, can anybody do this role? Does anybody know anybody? And, uh, Somebody got in touch and put Robin over there. They hired Robin, and then for the audition for Mork and Mindy, Robin went in, and when he was asked to take a seat, sat on his head upside down and immediately was offered the gig. Which was a signature uh, attribute of his character, Mork. That's on, what I mean, on yeah. The, on the so happenings and trans- the show. That transpired to all that. Yeah. That's why he got the gig immediately. I ha- I and ha- he, he played Mork from September 1978 all the way to May 1982. I remember when Mork and Mindy seasons. was on. Um, was it that big? Yeah, Mork and Mindy was huge. Yeah. In, in, in fact, the, the Happy Days was huge. when I, Same time. Yeah, at the same time. And, and I was telling you the other night when I was saying, you know, yeah. back in those days, Families gathered into the front room, and 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 you know the whole family would sit and watch on. It was usually Fridays and Saturday yeah. nights and stuff. You know, would watch shows like Mork and Mindy or Happy, Happy Days. Days or you know Quincy or Mash, Mash. or something like that. You Love know, Mish. my big question about that last segment of your of your just the facts mm-hmm. there is is a I wonder who the actor was that quit originally. Yeah, and B. Why I wonder why the actor quit because I would think being on a show at like that Happy time, Days, no matter what, of that st- deal. would be at least a massive amount of Subst- exposure. Substantial, yeah. yeah. Like, hey, this is a good good yeah. opportunity. And and Mork and Mindy was a in in my opinion was a was a one of those hilariously funny shows when it was new. Now it's like Happy Days when you and I go back now and watch oh, episodes. Yeah. You're going, Jesus, this thing was just corny and campy. Well, but that you got to expect. But you that. have to expect. Remember the time period exactly. we were in. Things were a lot different. And the last few seasons of Mork and Mindy, as, or the last couple seasons of Mork and Mindy, and the last few seasons with Jonathan of Winters Happy Days, they were they were just. Just awful. Who was also another uh, great comedian, Jonathan Williams, oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, that was a strange deal that they did yeah. in Mork and Mindy with him. That yeah. was just a weird deal. But but yeah, it was, you know, and what's funny is uh Robin Williams came back to do sitcom yeah. many, you know, not mm-hmm. too long ago. Yeah. And I don't think it worked out too well for him. So. Well, we'll move right along to the okay. next fact here. 
You remember the movie Batman Forever? Yeah. In the 90s? Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like it because it was the Batman I grew up with. Well, it had was... Tommy Lee Jones and Jim oh, Carrey. Oh, no, that's and the good that. one. I yeah. do like that one. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. I was thinking of the one after that. Yeah. So, anyways, although the role went to Jim Carrey, Robin Williams was originally offered the role of the Riddler in Batman Forever. Mm. Yeah, so I'm kind of glad it, like, no, you know. Because Robin Williams would have been older then. Yeah. And and I, I'm not the biggest Jim Carrey fan in the world, but uh, he did a great job on that show, man. Yeah, so next one. Back to Mork and Mindy here for a second. Williams was such a great improviser on set that the writers of Mork and Mindy would intentionally leave gaps in the screenplay for him to just fill in at his own limb. Let him improvise. Yeah, so it soon became the standard of, the, of his practice. Oh, yeah, why you wouldn't know? you? Yeah, yeah so the, guy, he, the guy was so was, quick-witted, man. Well, yeah, and we'll get into more of his background here, too, because it's really amazing some of the stuff he did as, even, as a young man leading up into his career, you know? So um, our next one here, and this is great because I've heard him do this impression a million times. Robin's favorite celebrity to impersonate was Jack Nicholson. And uh, Williams also said the person that did the best impression of him was Dana Carvey. I've never seen Dana Carvey his, do it. He tipped his hat to him about that. So. I've seen Jimmy Fallon do an impression yeah. of Robin. And he did a good job yeah. on it. Yeah. I mean, it was it was funny, but I've never seen that. I have to look at that. I have to watch that. This last fact is really interesting. And I've always known this because I'm an ACDC fan. But... Uh, Williams invented the word Shazbot, an alien curse word muttered by Mork, and they were also the last recorded words of ACDC singer Bon Scott. At the end of the song Night Prowler on the yeah. Highway to Hell album, it, yeah. which was the last song Bon ever recorded, huh. the last words are Shazbot Nanu Nanu. Now, I didn't know that. Yeah. I knew the I, I've heard the, the end they of the, those the song. Are, they claim those are the last words. The last recorded bon words of Bon recorded. Scott. That is weird. I've never heard that. Yeah. So. And that, I've been around a lot longer than you have, man. Yeah. So it's, but that, and that is a great song. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, if you don't know the song, listen to it. It's the one that. It's a classic. Well, yeah. it's the one that they, they labeled Richard Ramirez Linked with to, in, yeah, in Los to, Angeles yeah. in the 80s. They called him Night Stalker, but they yeah. also found an ACDC hat at a crime and they, scene. And yeah. back in those days in the 80s, they said, you listen to this music you're gonna get in trouble yeah you're a devil guy <laughs> you're de- the guy's a devil guy he's gonna leave you listen to this acdc you're gonna go out you're gonna get yourself in some trouble <laughs> and you know what was funny is if you listen to the lyrics to night stalker yeah. N- night prowler yeah it's pretty vicious it is it I is mean, brutal it, i mean it yeah. is about a yeah. guy stalking it people and murdering people, people yeah, man absolutely so you, you never know maybe there was some truth to that i just like i i knowing the kind of guy bond was I bet he was – Mork and Mindy it. was huge I at the time. And he was like, I'm going to throw that in there at the end. Which is funny that you say that because when we watched <laughs> the interview with Bon Scott, when they – when they were too, Kiss was. When they were too, oh, and they were opening up for him. <laughs> he was like the guy with the tongue. He goes, the guy with the tongue. He's quite famous. And they're like, it's like Gene Simmons, you clown. <laughs> yeah. you know, but that is, that is funny. That's <laughs> Bond, though. <laughs> All right, guys. Before we get right into the Spotlight episode, I want to um, – we got some audio for you we're going to play here. And uh, this is a compilation clip of Robin Williams um, just kind of out doing his thing, being Robin Williams. So take a listen here, and uh, we'll be right back. Be back in the UK. It's good to be back, boss. It's, oh. it's interesting just getting off the plane. As soon as I get off the plane, people start going, hello, Robin. I went, oh, hi. How are you? <laughs> Everyone calls me Robin. Even you, Robin. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Robin, Robin, now, hi. When did Elmer Fudd get here? <laughs> you're so quick and you're so fast and there, you know. That's a little bit like good. a lemur and a puma. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> they kind of function in a lot, you know. Oh. Oh, you're hurting me. Why? I woke up. <laughs> little Jerry Lewis. Yeah. Oh. Hell, man. Please help now. How much money have we raised? <laughs> and it doesn't even work in France. If you go to France, there is no Siri. Because maybe they have their own. They have Chéri. You go, Chéri, where is the nearest good restaurant? It's Paris, you idiot. They're everywhere. Put down your digital device. Go outside and live your life, you American ass. A lot of people think Scarface was a little over the top. But anybody... Anybody who's ever done a pound of Peruvian blow knows that is a documentary. That is a very deep chili. <laughs> very powerful chili that will make the whole body react and all the chakras be very powerful. Two tablespoons light brown sugar. Two tablespoons light brown brown sugar. Uh-huh. Yeah, Go, right. girl. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We got brown sugar. And two, two teaspoons smoked paprika. Two teaspoons smoked paprika. 
One teaspoon cumin. One cumin. Knock, knock, cumin. Girl, this is nice. For your safety, I have to dress like this. I think it was a little unnecessary to ask for blood and urine, too. Well, you know, we do. I was willing to give the sperm, but no. God, I feel like it's a human condom. Amazing. Where'd you come in from? West Coast America? Yeah, I flew from San Francisco, and uh, a friend of mine flew on a plane. He was on the plane, and it was, I guess it was Virgin Upper Class, and all of a sudden the guy took off his trousers to fly. I guess, that's, I've never seen that going, that's first class, hi, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I always love coming here because you've got, you've got a little bit of New York back sure. there. Yeah. And you have, obviously, a lot of family pictures. <laughs> right. And a ladder to get up to the next level. <laughs> And our park views over here, Mr. Oh, Williams. See that? Yeah. Oh my God! So this, sure. this is what the Trumps wake up to, <laughs> and she wakes up to Donald. Good luck. <laughs> it's all real. <laughs> and I went in for a stress test on the treadmill. I was on for one minute, and they went, "Okay, great. That was really good. I think we'd have to do an angiogram, which is where they put a camera. They go to your heart, but they kind of go. They start by going through your groin. Oh. Yeah. And who knew that the way to a man's heart was through his groin? <laughs> women are going, I've known for years, though. <laughs> they say there's no racial profiling, but no. they, a little woman will come on, a sweet little southern stewardess, and go, ladies and gentlemen, before we get on flat five, I just want to read off a list of names. These are just, these are random bag checks. These are, these are totally random. And I'm just going to read off a list of names. Hassan bin Sain. Hassan bin Leh. Judy Smith. 14 Arabs and a blonde and every black man and every Hispanic man in the room is going, thank you, God! <laughs> no, it's the title kind of is, is to uh, totally ironic and be very careful. Don't bring the kids, really. No, I know. No, bring the kids, seriously. <laughs> Five minutes in, someone's having an asphyxie wank. Right, right. <laughs> but look, they got to describe it. Hello, what's your name? Asphyxie wank. <laughs> And it's always a difficult thing because pilots are always, uh, you know, the pilots used to come on with that whole Chuck Yeager rap where they go, Hey, everybody, I've just had a few cocktails. <laughs> Let's take this sucker down to the end of the runway and see what it'll do. <laughs> now they come on, they're very loving, and they go, Hey, I love all of you. The stewardess comes out and goes, In case of a cabin seizure, a small Louisville slugger will fall from the ceiling. <laughs> Grab with both hands, aim for the, the assailant's head, knees, and groin, and keep hitting. <laughs> Two days after they had caught Hussein, which was kind of amazing because when Saddam Hussein came out of that hole, I thought he looked like Nick Nolte. <laughs> really? Yeah, well, he thought, hey! Yeah. I was like, hey, I was like, I came on a plane with Sean Penn and I walked out and I took a couple of, I took something and the next thing you know, they're picking lice out of my beard. <laughs> The matrons. ticket takers are the, the matrons who took the ticket. Oh, no, no, they're, they're just the, not concierge, what are they called? The yeah, ushers. The, the ushers. The ushers, no, thank you, I'm blank. Senior moment. <laughs> and they, these old Irish ladies go, oh, dear God, they're doing pornography on the stage. <laughs> Pavarotti would never talk about his penis for an hour. <laughs> My dick is so hard. <laughs> is it true that Winston Churchill was sometimes so drunk that they had a guy from the BBC do some of his favorite that's speeches? That's apparently the, really? been reported. Really? It that's wonderful. The guy who did Winnie the Pooh. That's <laughs> so he was going, we will fight him on the beaches, in the air, on the land. Eeyore and Tigger. <laughs> but God bless her. You have, God bless, well, you have Tony Blair now, sir. Yes, we do. We God bless. Indeed. Uh, and you are President Bush. Uh, yes. We all oh. are. <laughs> Let's drink a full one. <laughs> Saying though is, you know, Osama bin Laden, where is he? You didn't get him. It's six foot seven Arab on dialysis. How, yeah. how, how hard is wandering it? around making travel videos in Pakistan. They look it's like he's doing bass fishermen in Pakistan. Here I am by another mountain stream. A very old Indian joke. Yeah, yeah, you right. If you ever want to be in an Indian video, try this. You have to just simply do this. Change the light bulb, change the light bulb, change the light bulb. Okay. Half a teaspoon instant espresso. Now that's an odd ingredient. Instant espresso, just to make Dad stay awake all night. <laughs> so we're crushing that. I'll yep, get the meat ready. Can, yep, you get that meat ready. Who's your daddy? <laughs> I know. That's the view I've grown accustomed to. Yes. This Hello. <laughs> you wanted to see elves. Hello. Oh. Meet the twins and oh, Mr. Bob. Blood. <laughs>
And I then, see. Um, okay, but so you spent some time over there. I Did you live in this neighborhood? I lived, uh, yeah, right up the street. I lived uh, when this was no longer. There weren't a lot of Starbucks back then. Yes. <laughs> oh sure. yeah. There yeah. was just the old, you know, the candy store. Don't touch the magazines, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Get away from there. You're old. Get away from there. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Finman. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Harry Gentile boy. <laughs> The, the problem of traveling nowadays, the airport security, do you have It's a bit difficult now? now, you know, in yeah. the old days it used to be, oh, get on the plane, come on, get on the plane, oh, what's that, hold on, oh, that's a gun, okay, get on the plane. <laughs> now it's hardcore, you know, it's yeah. basically, they, they take away everything from, take away things like nail clippers, because that could be turned into a weapon, what do they think, you're going to be going, open the cockpit door, <laughs> or the bitch loses a hangnail. <laughs> Nice to see you. I, I'm, I'm anxious. Did you watch the, uh, watch the debates last night? Did it you? was. It was a good night, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, w looked a little thin. It was okay working yeah. there. Right, right. Every time he gets a good answer, I think that uh, Carl Rove's going to come out and give him a treat. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. Well, good job. <laughs> Thank you. I, I just want to know, the second debate, that thing where he walked downstage and went, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Who's he winking at? Like, hey, I, I know you're there. It's hard to hit on someone in the middle of a national debate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a new application on my phone. It's a moral GPS. It's kind of cool. The girl you're texting is the same age as your daughter. Reroute. <laughs> People always complain about their phones. They're saying like, you know, I've only got two bars. I've only got... Listen, I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> All I've ever needed was one bar. <laughs> Robin Williams and Gracias, amigos. And we are going to try to make a simple supper, a delicious chili on tacos. And we're going to start. Students, before we begin the penal reduction. <laughs> All right, Dave, everything okay? We just bought this in case something happened. Yeah, so when you finally won, what was it like? Well, it was, I mean, it was, it was pretty amazing. They announced the name, and I was going, and all of a sudden, it's your name, and all of a sudden, your, your body and your mind goes into slow motion, like, <laughs> I look out, and there's Jack Nicholson, who's just baked, going, way to go, Rob. All right, I love that compilation, man. This is some great clips of his career, different interviews and movie scenes and stuff like that. Um, another thing I wanted to touch on before we get into his actual background and stuff is they just recently did a movie about him, his last uh, few years of his life, called Robin's Wish. Yeah, if you have good. not seen it, go check it out, man. And if you're, especially if you're a fan, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, you know, we'll play the trailer here for you towards the end of the show, just so you can hear it and. Uh, it's got some pretty touching stuff in it. So, But today we're talking about Robin Williams, regarded as one of the best comedians of all time. You know, comedians and actors, I would just say, in general. He was an entertainer. Yeah, all over yeah, the board. He was totally you know? a, a, com a comedic genius. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? As just as high regards as he has from, the, from his uh, loving fan base as being a comedic genius, he was also... a. Uh, 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 as equally good as a thespian as oh, as they, as they, yeah, as they can absolutely. be. Absolutely, there's some really good scenes that you could think of. Well, he's done that. some serious roles yeah. that have just been amazing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, he was born July 21st in 1951, Chicago, Illinois, um, and he sadly died August 11th, 2014, at the age of 63. Um, you know, he had he had. Um, Louis body disease. Yeah, they found that out post-mortem, though. Yeah, so I think, and that's another reason why we did this show, is it was kind of important to get that message out there. Like, you know, if you if, if any, you know anybody that's struggling like that, get well, them checked I, I out. Wanted to, I wanted to mention that, just, just, I know you know this, but the reason that, that we're doing this Robin Williams spotlight pretty far after his passing is oh, because yeah. we both saw Robin's wish. Yeah. And it was kind of like, you know what? We should, we didn't, we should talk about, we him. should talk yeah. about him. Yeah. You know yeah. what? You know what? Cause sometimes time goes by and, and you know, things get, you know, other things. Look how many people have gone oh, since yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. No, and there'll be and we'll more. we'll try to catch up. And there'll be more of these episodes. Man. Yeah. I like doing I, these. These are my favorite stuff, kind so. myself. They're, they're, they're good. Yeah. So, um, Robin went to Juilliard, um, the college of Marin, Claremont McKenna college, um, he was active in the career from 1975 to 2014. He did so much work. 
and he say like just in, in passing by, he went to Juilliard. Yeah, so yeah. prestigious yeah. of a of a, of a yeah. It's yeah. the yeah. yeah. It's, and the it, thing you know, is, did you know at Juilliard that they told him they in his time there they were like you need to focus more on your stand up comedy than your acting. Oh, did they really? And look at what he became. You yeah, know? that yeah, was that was to me is like I love hearing stories like that yeah. of them telling him yeah. you know you need to do this and the people that he went to Juilliard with yeah. and stuff like that's Chris, amazing. Well, he hung out with Christopher Reeves. They were really yeah, good. They friends. were dear friends. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. Um, did you also know that when um, Steven Spielberg was making Schindler's List, Robin would call him on the phone every day to lift his spirits up because of the movie you being know, so subject down? Matter. Yeah. I saw Schindler's List so yeah. long ago, but it was a very dark movie. Yeah, so I mean, that's that's kind that's, that's the a kind very of guy dark subject. He, yeah, kind of guy <laughs> he was though, man. So he was married three times. Um, the first wife, Valerie Velarde, from seventy-eight to nineteen eighty-eight for ten years, and then Marsha Marsha Garcies. From 89 to 2010, and then Susan Schneider from 2011. That's the lady that's in, that's the woman that's in uh, Robin's Wish. Absolutely. And I would commend her for for making that movie, man. It was really, it's it's a good movie. If If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's worth seeing. Absolutely. Um, he focused more on observational, improvisational, physical, and political satire, self-depreciation, and surreal humor. You know, that area. Oh, yeah. He was that. great. The, he the, could yeah. do anything, really. His improvisational skills, I've been through, I've been yeah. in improv classes and stuff before. That's right. Were, are, just, are just amazing. So, I mean, it's just, For I anyone mean, to be able to turn something into, you know. Well, he used to see him do it on, on the late night shows and stuff, and yeah. talk shows where he would go, he would fall into a character of some and kind. Johnny has said that, been known to yeah. say he was one of the best interviews you could have as a TV Yeah, you host, never knew what you, you were going to get. Yeah. Well, the Craig Ferguson one we watched yeah. the other day, is yep. he seemed to really like Craig Ferguson. They and, seemed to gel really And you well. never really seen a bad interview with Robin yeah. Williams, so it was, you know, it was really good. Um, his first starring film role was Popeye. Yeah, it was his first starring one. Yeah, yeah so. you ever seen the movie Popeye? I remember seeing bits and pieces. It's of horrible. It. Yeah, it's pretty. It's but pretty you know, bad. he knew it was, and he yeah. came out and you know he just he, did it. Yeah. He bashed it yeah. himself. But when it came out, it was that was like the very first that I can remember in my lifetime. Uh, adaptation, adaptation, adaptation like of cartoon. a live action cartoon. I can't yeah. remember anything else before that. That's true. And I could be, I'm not saying it is definitely without, so it was you like know, 1980 or something. It was early. Yeah, yeah, it was early. And, uh, when it first came out, it, people were like, you know, geez, this sounds like it's going to be something really good. It's just, when you sit down to watch to the execute movie, it, yeah. it, it was, the movie was pretty, it was 1980. It was pretty bad. And it had Shelley Duvall in it. Yeah. Too, who was, after you know, the shining, after yeah. the shining. Yeah. Her life has not turned out so well in the near future. Yeah, in the which is a, a sad story. It adds a sad that story way. on its own, yeah. Um, Robin was also nominated for four Academy Awards, um, a Best Supporting Actor in Goodwill Hunting, um, two Primetime Emmys, six Golden Globes, two Screen Actors Jesus. Guilds Awards, and five Grammys. Five Grammys. Yeah, so. Do you remember when he sang uh, Blame Canada on the on the Oscars? Uh uh-uh, uh. Blame that. Canada was won an Oscar. Did it? Or was that's nominated. A, I'm not amazing. sure if it won or not. Wow. And, and he came out and remember the song Blame Canada yeah, yeah. from Bigger, Longer, Uncut? Yeah, from South yeah. Park, yeah. yeah. That's, that's two amazing. underrated songwriters right there. That's amazing. Uh, another thing I wanted to touch on with Robin, and they touch on this in Robin's Wish. Um, he did a lot of USO work um, yeah, with the veterans yeah, and stuff, and he went over to Iraq and stuff like that and hung out with these men during combat and stuff and, and got into. You know, he was over in active war zones doing shows for these men, oh, and yeah. men no, and women and stuff. Very, very, very commendable. Yeah, I like the parts in the movie where they talk about how personable he was with yeah. his neighbors and stuff. I mean, they got walking his dog, talking to people, and he would hang out at the same restaurants. I mean, yep. and Robin Williams was a megastar. Yeah, I mean, he couldn't get any bigger. Like, yeah, you exactly. know, you couldn't. It'd be like sitting there yep. eating a pizza and having. Mick Jagger walking, or or, yeah. or Clint Eastwood, yeah, or somebody, absolutely, you know? yeah, that, you know, that level on that, it's that yeah. level, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And he just seemed like such a down to earth guy. Yeah, he did. You he know, outside like a, of everything, he didn't want to be. He didn't want to portray like I'm a rock star. Yeah, whatever, I always felt know? bad when Lance uh, Armstrong got because he was such a huge fan and supporter of of Lance Armstrong. Yeah. When, all that, you know, when that house of cards fell apart, that just, it was just just a shame. Which yeah. I never really thought Lance Armstrong did anything that probably. Ninety percent of the other already cyclists doing. were already doing. Yeah, you know, he just yeah. he was an American. It was just and, magnified, and the French don't like to see Americans win. It's just and the rule of life. He man. was just magnified. Under it was everything. magnified. Yeah. Um. Some of my favorite Robin Williams stuff moments is uh, I'm a huge Johnny Carson fan. Oh, absolutely. He, he was one of the greatest guests 
um, on the Tonight Show. I think him, Carl Reiner, Jonathan Winters, those kind of guys. Burt Reynolds, Don Rickles. You know, those yeah, were those were good. great guests to have. And Robin really, they even said like Johnny had been on record saying, when you have a guy like Robin come on your show, you invite him on your show, you just get out of the way. Yeah, let him do it. <laughs> yeah. Johnny was a good Johnny yeah. was a good setup guy. So you know, so, then it, wonder what Ed thought of him. Oh man, he but just this kid's wild, you know. This guy yeah. is either, hey, Johnny. I think this guy might be on some of the dope or something. Yeah, some drugs. <laughs> but you know, he struggled with that kind of stuff. But well, that's all right. Like I said, there's do. no reason to bring up the negativity Absolutely. in his life, man. Absolutely, he's he's paid his price. So what do you have? You know, you well, have some I stuff. wanted to. I just wanted. First of all, let me just touch this right here. Yeah. Uh, when you talk about some of his good, you know, some of his best work. Yeah. If if I had to pick one single. Part or piece of his stand-up routine. Oh, okay, yeah. If, if and, and I always remember this, and this by far my favorite that he yeah. ever did was the story he talks about inventing golf. Oh, yeah. That is that he goes, "You're talking. I'm going to put it with a crooked stick, yeah, and we're going to call it a stroke because you're going to think you had a stroke, and you do this once." Fuck no! We do it 18 fucking times. It was I always, just, that is the greatest routine I have ever heard on anything. I always enjoyed that the one life from the Met where he talks about alcohol, marijuana, and coke and all yeah. that stuff. And yeah, just, that's, that's a all good the one. different. You know, but I think if you were to take like a, a, and make a top 10 or top 20 of you know iconic legendary oh, comic yeah. routines yeah. by iconic legendary. He, any well, I mean, stuff. I think that routine about yeah. golf would be in the yeah. top. Three, if not the top five, yeah. Because you've got the mud bones from Pryor, you got that from yeah. Robin, you've got you know the Anything I'm trying from to think, Kinnison. yeah, the Manson family <laughs> thing or the world hunger thing from yeah. Kinnison. You know, Sam and you know Robin Williams. I, I don't know. We were at a comedy club when Sam Kinnison was first starting out, yeah. And Bob Seger and Robin Williams were in the crowd. That's crazy because they they co-financed his first. Say, they co-financed I have that record. First Sam's first album. Yeah, I have that record. If you look on the back, he thanks both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, now, what I was gonna do is I just wanted to touch a little bit. I, I'm I'm a fi- I'm the money finance kind of guy. Yeah, in, in certain ways I am. Yeah, I, I sell stuff for a living, so I understand numbers mm-hmm. a little bit with, with a calculator. Yeah, <laughs> these are his top. Top three grossing mil- movies <laughs> that that, are, that are, missed out fire in today's market oh, and yeah. today's adjusted yeah. co- you know for yeah. inflation seven hundred and twenty three million dollars. Wow! Now I, I I saw the movie so I've only seen it once and I liked yeah. it. It was funny. Yeah, it had a James Bond in it that wasn't playing James Bond. Yeah, yeah. you know it was okay. Um, I don't think you'd get away with making that movie now. No, not not today's. But <laughs> and you know, then, people, it's still a beloved movie. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a classic and and. Uh, then the night at the museum, the first one. Oh, I love those movies. Five, five, I never saw the, the second They're or third one. They're both great I'm movies. Needing, I need to. I'm going to touch on this a little bit in, in, in the very near yeah. future. Uh, a night at the museum mm-hmm. in today's market, which those movies aren't that old, so it wouldn't be that different. Five hundred and seventy-five million dollars. Wow. Here's one that you might not uh, uh, get. Uh, the third highest-grossing Robin Williams movie. What do you think it is? The th- what? What number? Third. Third. Flubber. No. What? That's a, that's a good chance. That, because that's a good, that, that's a, that's a Disney, a good I remember that movie being big. Yeah, yeah. and the, the real one was the real one was the absent minded professor from Disney. So was that it? was yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Wow. But uh no, it's a movie called Hook. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The yeah, Peter Pan yeah, Robin. Yeah, yeah. Now these are three of just three of the I forgot all many about that roles one. that Robin Williams played. That's the thing. Out man. of those three movies, those movies brought in that looks close to one point eight billion dollars. Oh my god. Over his career, his movies generated Hold on to your hats. Almost $6 billion. Wow. That is that's so, yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, I, I just wanted to touch on some of his his lesser known kind of roles and and uh, maybe some stuff like there was a movie he did called Insomnia with uh, Al Pacino. Yeah. Where he played a serial killer. Yeah. Way, way out of what he normally did. But see, that's what I like you about Robin. Yeah, he, he would do pull stuff, on some like stuff like yeah. that. You know, and it, it, now I've seen Insomnia. Mm-hmm. It's not the greatest movie in the world. It's not complete horseshit, but, but it's, you like it, right? It's okay. It's yeah. kind of hard to watch because, to me, Pacino over the last twenty years or mm-hmm. twenty five years, his roles have been so hit and miss. Now Robin Williams in the movie is is phenomenal, yeah, because he plays a great crazy person, man. As why wouldn't he? Yeah, you know, I mean, like an evil crazy person. Yeah. 
But anyways, it's it's a g- decent movie to see. Um, one hour photo, okay. which I don't know of. Mo- I mean, you know, those don't exist anymore. But that was yeah, another that's... movie where he played kind of a weird dude, you know. Yeah. And and, and it was a, and it, you know, and then there was a small role he did mm-hmm. in a. A uh, movie with Andy Garcia, and I was trying to think of it. I think I was telling you about it, and I finally figured out what it was. The movie is called Dead Again. Okay. And uh, it, it, he plays like a shamed or shunned uh, psychiatrist who was having an affair with a couple of his patients, oh, and they yanked his medical gotcha. his, his yeah. psychiatrist license, yeah, so whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah now he's now he's working at a warehouse in a meat warehouse or wow. something. But he's giving advice to the Andy Garcia, and it's it's actually a really decent movie. And then. Um, I just kind of wanted to touch on uh, on uh, a couple uh, ones that I've seen that were really good. Yeah, uh, the final cut, I, I know which that is movie. a really yeah. good movie. It's yep. about it's about him. It's a good idea. He's, too, an, yeah. he's an editor that 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 you know uh, you're implanted with a chip that records your whole life. Yeah, and when you die, they pull the chip out, and he was the editor to show it your memorial service. Yeah. It's worth seeing, and then. Uh, the, his very last movie, which was kind of a weird movie, and I've only seen bits and pieces of it. It's called Absolutely Anything. Okay. So it's it's something if you want to see him in his very end, you know, where he had to really struggle according to that Robin's yeah. wish yeah. You know, to do it. But then I wanted to go over, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. my personal top three Robin Williams yeah. movies. let's do it. And my number one top is not – I don't have any of the – I liked order. I liked the Jumanjis. I yeah. liked, you know uh, – his big movies, yeah, yeah. like anybody else would. Mm-hmm. But there's three movies that, that really resonate with me that I really, really like that Robin Williams yeah. was in. My first one is a movie called Cadillac Men. Okay. Where he plays a car dealer that's in debt with a, with like a, a with used a, car guy or something? Yeah, well, they, they, yeah, they like sell, the they sell high-end cars. Oh, okay. And gotcha. it's really worth seeing. And then Tim Robbins comes in and he and he believes that one of the guys at the lot's having an affair with his wife. And, oh, man. And he, so he takes the whole car dealership hostage and Robin Williams oh, is his man. negotiator between him and the cops outside. It's, it's funny. Wow. And it's got a great storyline and Robin Williams gives a top-notch performance in my opinion. Wow. My second one is is was probably his second or third movie he ever did, which is to this day still one of my very favorite Robin. It's a movie called War- The World According to Garp. See, I I've I've heard about that one. I've always loved that movie. It's, a it's book got too. Yeah, it, and it tells a really great story about his activist mother. Yeah. Ra- you know, she she rapes a a guy in a hospital bed to get pregnant. No, not rape. She said, I don't know. Today's standard to be called rape. Yeah. <laughs> in the movie, she has sex with a uh, uh, comatose oh, man. Uh, air, uh, air fighter pilot. And then that produces Garp, which is her wow. son. And and uh, it just goes through his life's journey. It's a great movie. Wow. It's a really good movie. And then my, my last one is that one I was telling you about, the one where he plays the editor. I, I thought that movie, The Final Cut. Had, yeah. And probably, I remember seeing it. You know, probably because there's so much stuff that comes out of Hollywood these days that's so repetitive. Exactly. You know, it's either a reboot or remake. An original idea. An original is idea nice. with a decent cast in it, man. It's a I mean, breath of yeah. fresh air. Yeah. It's a like it's like a, like you said, it's yeah. like opening a breath of fresh air right yeah. there, man. But that's about all I had in in, in, in well, all that there. So we we have been mentioning Robin's Wish, so we're gonna do everyone a favor and we're gonna play this trailer for that movie, the audio for it, obviously, because this is audio format, so. Listen to this trailer, folks, and uh, we will be right back to finish up the show. William! What's your brain doing when 10,000 people are laughing their heads off? I'm not a tuna! The human brain is, you know, an extraordinary three-and-a-half-pound gland. Go get him, you little crazy guy! The moment you think you understand it, it comes out with something else. The breaking news actor Robin Williams is dead at the age of 63. They believe that the Bay Area resident committed suicide. There was a lot of media speculation. On Robin Williams' mind before his death, money. He's broke or he's depressed or he's just given up. The last movie was clear to all of us on that set that something was going on with Robin. There was something eroding within him. I was called in to go over the coroner's report. It was the beginning of understanding what had really gone on. My husband had unknowingly been battling a deadly disease. Lewy body dementia's devastating illness increases anxiety, self-doubt, causes delusions that have never been present in someone. Nearly every region of his brain was under attack. He experienced himself disintegrating. I remember him saying to me, 
I don't know what's going on. I'm not me anymore. It really amazed me that Robin could walk or move at all. People who are incredibly brilliant can tolerate degenerative diseases better. Robin Williams was a genius. He was always able to power through it, and he'd become this guy that you knew, remembered, and loved. The way that he was able to battle the inner turmoils, he was a freaking warrior. It no longer feels loyal to be silent about it, but maybe more loyal to share. He was blessed with what his heart was capable of. In the midst of fear, he wanted to help people be less afraid. Self goes away, ego, bye-bye. The thing that matters are others. That's what life is about. That is such a great movie. I highly recommend seeing it as Robin's Wish. Check it out. You can get it on Amazon, basically anywhere you can stream stuff. Um, you got any final thoughts, Lee, before we get out of here? Yeah, just a little bit here. Um, there's some movies that I, I know that you guys are thinking, hey, this, you know, his best movie was Dead Poet Society or, or, or Goodwill Aladdin Hunting or, or yeah. Aladdin. Jumanji, Patch Adams, they're all fantastic the Birdcage. movies. I, I got to be completely 100%. honest. A, a lot of them I haven't seen. And after doing this with uh, my son here, uh, Andrew, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a, a pointed effort to see more of those movies. They're great movies, yeah. Because I'm looking at his at his, his list here, like I've never seen Awakenings, and it's got De Niro yeah. in it. It's yeah. got to be good. Oh yeah. You know, uh, I seen the Fisher King, another uh, kind of a underrated movie. He plays a great crazy person in it. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of robots. You know, oh no, there's a ton Jack. of them. He did so much work, and all, the Jack's a great movie. <clears throat> so, so I mean, like I said, that's in my closing thoughts. There, that's that's all I really have to say is that you know, give give some of the stuff that doesn't get the limelight as much as you know absolutely. Give it a try. You might find something you really really like. Well, folks, we thank you for joining us tonight today whatever time you're listening to us at this time in your life thank you for letting us into your home or your your life for the day um take care of yourself take care of your friends and family and uh we'll be back with another episode and we're going to play a little uh closing out quote from robin for the show we will see you next time we bid you a great night take care you know as we come to the end of this phase of our life we find ourselves trying to remember the good times and trying to forget the bad times. And we find ourselves thinking about the future. We start to worry, thinking, what am I gonna do? Where am I gonna be in 10 years? But I say to you, hey, look at me. Please, don't worry so much. Because in the end, none of us have very long on this earth. Life is fleeting. And if you're ever distressed, cast your eyes to the summer sky when the stars are strung across the velvety night. And when a shooting star streaks through the blackness turning night and today, make a wish. Think of me. Make your life spectacular. I know I did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>